There is so much at stake this November. My name is Kristen Holmes. I'm a CNN correspondent in Washington, D.C. And for the next few weeks, I'm going to be your guide as we figure out this year's electoral process. Here's the deal. I kept getting questions from friends and family about the upcoming election. How is the pandemic going to change things? Can I trust the polls this time around? And of course, can you please explain the Electoral College? And I realized that I also have questions this year. With such a critical presidential election around the corner, we're getting you the information you need. This is Election 101. And we're starting at the very beginning. Voter registration. When I first got onto campus, I wanted to make sure that I had my absentee ballot. This fall is the first time Mariah Cooley will vote in a presidential election. She's 19 from Peoria, Illinois, but she'd been living in D.C. and going to Howard University. So she requested an absentee ballot. I requested one in about October, and to this day, I've never received it. And when I checked my registration online, they said there was some sort of error with my registration. So I had to go to the Elections Commission's office and get it all sorted out. This is a very stressful process because I wanted to make sure I was able to vote in the primaries. What went through your head in terms of you might not be able to vote? Fear in the sense that I was in a sense, being denied my right to vote, and I had no idea why, and confusion with that as well. And I, as a political science major, you know, voting will essentially be my life. That's what I am very passionate about. And I felt as if that right and that ability was being taken away from me. I would say for all people who are planning to vote, check your registration. Mariah is ready to vote this November, but the process wasn't as easy as she thought it'd be. Registering to vote hasn't always been simple, and for some people, it still isn't. This step in our electoral process has a long and at times dark history. That history can help us understand some of today's voter registration issues. Today on Election 101, registering to vote. I called up Mirna Perez, She is the Director of Voting Rights and Elections at NYU's Brennan Center for Justice. Like a lot of us, she's working from home these days. Sounds like you've got some some noise there where you are. The house next door to me is having construction work. So that's what I think is what you're hearing, because I hear it. Mirna has dedicated her life to protecting everyone's right to vote through research and education about democracy. So let's go to the very, very, very basic here, which is how do voters register to vote? Sure. There are a number of ways in which voters can register to vote. You can fill out a voter registration form that you will be able to find in your secretary of state's office or your local election office. Some states allow you to register online, which means you never have to fill out a paper form. Some government offices like post offices or the library will have paper forms that you can fill out. And a number of federal and state agencies are required to ask you if you want to register to vote when you're in there conducting your business. 
I remember my first time registering to vote, and it was pretty anticlimactic. I got my registration or was part of when I got my driver's license. And I know the most exciting thing I felt at that time was being 16 and getting a driver's license. Not so much caring about the fact that I checked a box and then was registered to vote. So a pretty easy process all around. Well, I'm actually glad it was that easy, though. That's a win, too, right? Like, we don't want it to be uh, an onerous, burdensome event. And when I set out to do this podcast, I asked friends and family what it was that they wanted to know about the election, things that maybe they were too afraid to ask. And one of my friends had a really good question, I thought, which was, why do we need to register to vote in the first place? Why can't we just show up with our driver's license or ID or something and vote that way? Can you explain a little bit about what the process is in place for? Well, I I think that's a good intuition on the part of your friend, but I think that there's a bit of complexity to that. Certainly, a number of states have something that we call Election Day registration, which basically means you don't have to register before Election Day. But if we had a system where as many people as possible were registered before Election Day, then our election administrators can do better planning, right? They would have a better sense of how many people are likely to show up at the polls, which means they would have a better sense of how many poll workers they need and how many polling places they need and how many voting machines they need and how many emergency paper ballots they need. So I think what your friend is getting at is what we really need is a bunch of different options uh, to account for the fact that our country is very diverse and that we have very different needs. Covering past elections, I have heard stories about people who have tried to register, not been able to, website malfunctions, or even voters who have showed up, thought they were registered, and then not been able to vote. What are some of the common challenges that people face when they are trying to register? One of the big challenges is that they don't understand when they become unregistered. So you could be purged because uh, somebody confused you with someone else or because you moved or because uh, someone thought that your address had updated. And another challenge is that folks may not complete all of the technical requirements. So they may not check the box that's uh, a test under oath that you're a citizen or that or people may forget to sign it and the like. I think we need to start off with the fact that this country has professed a right to vote, but through too much of our history, we have put barriers in front of the ballot box or affirmatively made it impossible for certain people to register and participate. So here's what Mirna is talking about. There's a long history in the United States of excluding people from voting, and it goes back to our very first election, when it should be noted, in most places, only white men who owned property were allowed to vote. In 1776, John Adams writes a letter and says essentially that giving voting rights to certain groups of people was a dangerous idea. And he says, quote, new claims will arise. Women will demand a vote. Every man who has not a farthing, and just so you know, he's saying poor people, every man who has not a farthing will demand an equal voice with any other in all acts of state. Lots to unpack here, but in basic terms, watch out, because soon women will want to vote and poor people too. 
Of course, he was right. But for almost 100 years, only white men with property were allowed to vote. And as populations grew, polling officials had trouble figuring out who had the right to vote. In 1800, Massachusetts became the first state to require voters to register. And soon after, other states got in on registration, too. As people fought for and won the right to vote, new registration laws were introduced to keep other people out. Through the 19th century, felons were disenfranchised. In 1898, Louisiana changed its rules to block former slaves and their descendants from registering to vote. In 1908, to try and keep Jews away from the polls in New York, voter registration was scheduled during a Jewish high holiday. And for years across the South, literacy tests were part of the registration process as a means of intimidating Black people, immigrants, and poor people. Of course, there were also the poll taxes. In nearly a dozen Southern states, people had to pay to register to vote, and that was money that a lot of people didn't have. And rules like this persisted throughout the Jim Crow era. Finally, in 1965, the Voting Rights Act was passed to prohibit voting discrimination. If it is clear that state officials still intend to discriminate, then federal examiners will be sent in to register all eligible voters. But the fight over voter registration is still happening today. More on that after the break. This podcast is supported by Sleep Number. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores? Sleep Number does that. Only Sleep Number smart beds let you each choose your ideal comfort and support. Your Sleep Number setting. Sleep Number smart beds learn how you sleep and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. All Sleep Number smart beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. Temperature-balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. The Assignment with me, Audie Cornish. Celebrities of all kinds are speaking publicly about their therapeutic trips, so to speak. It turns out there is a burgeoning industry ready to serve the new influx of people who find themselves turning away from traditional mental health therapy. The gap between what we know and what we don't about psychedelic therapy. Listen to The Assignment with me, Audie Cornish, on your favorite podcast app. And we're back. The Voting Rights Act was supposed to get rid of most voting restrictions, but it's still difficult and sometimes impossible for certain voters to cast their ballot. Here's Mirna Perez again. One of the most obvious examples I can think of are those states that have tried to impose what we call documentary proof of citizenship requirements, which is the idea of before you let somebody register to vote, that you actually make them produce a piece of paper that demonstrates that they're a citizen. And you can imagine how hard that will 
make it to be able to encourage their fellow citizens to participate. Because if you're standing outside the grocery store and uh, someone says, hey, do you want to register to vote? But you have to give me a copy of your birth certificate. You're going to have people keep walking. And who in the U.S. still cannot vote and why? Well, a number of people who are citizens in this country cannot vote because they have a criminal conviction in their past. So we have large numbers of Americans who are living and working in the community but are unable to participate in our democratic process. How has the pandemic affected voter registration this year? Uh, The pandemic has laid bare many of the cracks in our election system. Our registration numbers uh, definitely took a hit because, as I said earlier, most people in this country are registered by going through the DMV and our DMVs were closed for so long. I expect there to be challenges in terms of people registering to vote because of what we would call residency requirements, where people have to be a resident of the area for a certain period of time before they can register to vote because of all of the dislocations and disruptions that are happening because of COVID. So we've got a lot of work to do to make up for lost time, but we are a strong people. We are a people that believe in our fundamental right to vote. And I'm very, very hopeful that we'll all be there uh, trying to be part of the solution and trying to make sure that our democracy is inclusive. I get asked this all the time by my friends who don't live in the United States. They always ask, why do so few people register to vote in America? Well, I think there's a bunch of different things tied up into their question. At its core, we need to be comfortable making it as easy as possible for people to register to vote. And we need to be able to explain to people in a thoughtful way why it matters We need affirmative efforts and affirmative public education to remind people why it is important to be participating and voting and that we also need automatic voter registration so that voters don't have to do that much in order to be able to register. When they're going to a government agency, uh, the government agency will uh, help you get registered unless you say that you don't want to be. Yeah. Actually, I would like you to expand a little bit on that because I think that is something that particularly certain young groups of people don't really know why it is that it's so important to vote. And, you know, I can't tell you the number of times I've sat next to someone on a plane who has complained about the administration or complained about something that is government related. And when we start talking about politics, they say, oh, I don't vote. And their reason being that they don't believe that their vote counts, that nothing will change just because of their vote. And I mean, what do you tell people? What's the message you send on why voting is so important? I generally tell people, one, don't be duped. If your right to vote didn't matter, people wouldn't be trying to take it away from you. People wouldn't be trying to put barriers in front of the ballot box. People wouldn't be hoping that you get discouraged and deterred from voting because of either their barriers that they've put in place legally or their lies of voter fraud. But I also remind people that the vote and elections are the way we resolve political differences peacefully in this country. And if we believe that this is a government in which we get a say in how the laws that impact us are formed and shaped, then we have to register and we have to vote. 
What Mirna said really stuck with me. If your vote didn't matter, they wouldn't be trying to take it away from you. That's something to keep in mind at every step of the electoral process. So if you can legally vote, do it. Here's what you need to know. If you are in California, Colorado, Connecticut, Washington, D.C., Hawaii, Idaho, Illinois, Iowa, Maine, Maryland, Michigan, Minnesota, Montana, Nevada, New Hampshire, Utah, Vermont, Washington, Wisconsin, or Wyoming, you can register in person on Election Day, November 3rd. In North Dakota, you don't have to register at all. Just show up with an ID on Election Day. If you didn't hear your state, you can go to cnn.com slash election 101 to take a look at your state's deadlines to register. Listen, voting really matters. And if you want to get more people you know ready to vote, share this podcast with them. I'm Kristen Holmes. And next week in Election 101, we'll talk about what voting is going to look like this year, including your questions on mail-in voting. If there are more things you're wondering about, send us an email at askelection101 at cnn.com or message me on Twitter at KristenHCNN. Election 101 is a production of CNN Audio and iHeartRadio. It's hosted by me, Kristen Holmes, and this episode was produced by Constanza Gallardo. It was mixed by Matt Boynton of Ultraviolet Audio. Haley Thomas is the senior news producer, and Megan Marcus is the executive producer of CNN Audio. Additional support for the show comes from Greta Cohn, Lacey Roberts, Sarah Nix, Ashley Lusk, Lindsay Abrams, and Lisa Namoro. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.